Hey there, Blazer fans, and welcome to my special 16th episode of The Dragon's Den, a podcast for those that bleed green and gold. I know this week I was supposed to have Spencer Brown as my guest, but Spencer has a very busy schedule training for the NFL Draft, and we're still working out a time that works out for both of us, so that episode will be done at a later date. So to give you guys an episode this week, I'm combining the This Week in Blazer History from last week that I was planning on using, and the one from this week and making it into an episode. Stick around until the end because I have an announcement about my Friday giveaway coming up this Friday, March 26th. So let's get into it. This is the fourth and fifth installment of This Week in Blazer History, all stats and game recaps gathered by longtime UAB fan Steve Rutherford. The first This Week in Blazer History comes from big games played during the week of March 7th through the 13th. In games played today, March 7th through the 13th is when conference tournaments are in full swing. However, in the 1980s and 90s, this was the week the NCAA tournament kicked off, and it was during this week in history that UAB made a big name for itself. On March 13, 1981, UAB played in its very first NCAA tournament game. UAB had finished the season 21-8 and had received an at-large bid. The 1981 tournament had 48 teams. UAB was the seventh seed. It was a day of celebration. Mayor Richard Arrington declared March 13th Gene Bartow Day. When the pairings were announced, the Blazers received good news when they learned that they would be playing in Tuscaloosa. Their opponent was the 21-7 Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, who had won the Ohio Valley Conference. Most experts had the 10th seed WKU beating UAB and advancing to play Kentucky. It was a highly anticipated second-round matchup because Western Kentucky and Kentucky had only played once in their history. UAB, a team in only its third year of existence, was not expected to be an obstacle to this Bluegrass State matchup but no one told UAB that. UAB built a 39-25 halftime lead and kept pouring it on in the second half. Nothing could go wrong. With the game in hand and time running down, UAB put in little-used sub Bill McCammon. McCammon took two steps beyond half-court and hurled the ball toward the basket as the buzzer sounded. The 40-foot basket counted and UAB won its first NCAA tournament game in only its third year of existence. The final score was 93-68. Glenn Marcus led UAB with 22 points, and Oliver Robinson had 16 points on his birthday. A year later, UAB was back in the NCAA tournament, having won the automatic bid for the Sunbelt Conference. A four-year basketball program was getting everyone's notice, especially one with a 24-4 record and ranked 17th in the polls. UAB was the fourth seed and had a first-round bye in the tournament of 48 teams. Their opponent, would be the defending national champions, Indiana, and their Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Knight, who was the fifth seed and had defeated Robert Morris. If UAB got past Indiana, they would advance to the regionals, which was being played in Birmingham on UAB's home court. The game was being played in Nashville, and tickets were almost impossible to obtain. The selection committee had placed Kentucky and Louisville in the same bracket in Nashville. The two teams had not played each other since 1959, so the entire state of Kentucky was clamoring for tickets. This created a problem for UAB. When tickets went on sale at Campbell Hall, several hundred people were in line for tickets at a price of $20 each, limit two. The problem was that UAB had only received 250 tickets, and some of those had to be used for pet band, dance team, and official traveling party. In the end, less than 50 tickets went on sale, and some of those were grabbed up by Kentucky fans who had traveled to Birmingham for tickets. The joke was on them because Kentucky was upset by Middle Tennessee State and did not advance to play Louisville. Another interesting fact for this tournament was that for the first time, the selection committee used a formula which assigned a power ranking to each team. 
Today, we know this as RPI. As for the game against Indiana, UAB jumped out to a 26-7 lead with 11.25 to go in the first half. UAB led 40-22 at half. The Hoosiers got closer in the first half, but never led. UAB went cold and only had three field goals in the final 11.40 of the game. However, they hit 16-21 of 21 free throws and had enough of a pad from the first half to prevail. UAB won 80-70 over the defending national champions and were advancing to the Sweet 16. Oliver Robinson led the scoring with 23 points. Four years later in 1986, UAB was still making the NCAA tournament. The 1986 NCAA tournament was their sixth straight. The Blazers had been upset in the championship game of the Sunbelt tournament, but their record was strong enough to earn them a sixth seed. Their first round matchup was Missouri, who was the 11th seed with the 21-13 record. UAB jumped out to a 16-6 lead as Steve Mitchell hit three of his first four shots. Missouri switched to a man-to-man defense and tied the game at 18 as UAB went cold. Frustration surfaced among the Blazers as Mitchell and Jerome Mincy could be seen yelling at each other. When asked after the game about it, Mincy said, quote, We'll be yelling at each other when we are 50 and 60 years old. The Tigers took the lead and led by three at half, but neither team could lead by more than four points in the second half. UAB took a two-point lead with 142 left. Missouri had two chances to tie the game, but a key block by Archie Johnson preserved the win. UAB won 66-64 to advance to the next round. Steve Mitchell had 21 points. The following year in 1987, by virtue of winning the Sunbelt Tournament, UAB received the 11th seed in the NCAA Tournament. The Blazers got the good news that they would be playing the first and second rounds on their home court at BJCC Arena. Their first round opponent was Providence, coached by a young Rick Pitino and led by an exciting point guard named Billy Donovan. UAB fans were excited about the draw, when two home games in the brackets set them up for a possible Sweet 16 matchup against Alabama. The road seemed easier when Austin P had upset number three seed Illinois. The week before the tournament started, the festivities took a somber tone when Patino's six-month-old son died of an ailment he had fought since birth. Patino decided to coach anyway, but stayed away from the press and out of the limelight. The three-point shot was only a year old and teams were still learning how to utilize it. Providence averaged 20 points a game from three-point range and Patino employed a pressing defense that gave guards fits. Pre-game quotes by UAB players praised Patino's style and called him a coach ahead of his time. Tracy Foster said, quote, We take a three-point shot if it's given to us. Providence works for the three-pointer, shooting off picks at the three-point line. Providence was one of the first teams to utilize the three-pointer as part of their offense. The Blazers were favored by one and a half, but Vegas could not have been more wrong. UAB had no answer for Donovan. Foster and James Ponder got in foul trouble immediately and their subs could not keep up with Donovan, who either blew by them or pulled up for three. Donovan was 12 of 17 from the field and hit 6 of 9 from three-point range. He scored 35 points and 12 assists as Providence won 90-68. After the game, the almost annual rumors of Coach Barto surfaced. This time, San Diego State was the rumored destination. These rumors had some fire because Barto was good friends with San Diego State's athletic director. Barto had met the previous year with USC about the head coaching job, and in past years, Memphis, Kentucky, Miami, and Arizona State had shown interest. It was a critical time for UAB. If Bartow left, football would be off the table. He would be leaving behind his best recruiting class, which included Larry Rimbert, Alan Ogg, and Barry Bearden, and he would be leaving a new campus arena in the early stages of construction. A few days later, Bartow admitted that he had been contacted, but he was not a candidate. UAB boosters began putting together a $1 million retirement package, There were no serious rumors from then until he retired nine years later. 
This week in 1999, we saw Murray Bartow's only NCAA tournament appearance. The Blazers were 20-11 and 11 and one of the four Conference USA teams who had received a bid. The TV pundits were in full force that UAB should not have gotten in. NCAA selection chair C.M. Newton was blasted by Dick Vitale on ESPN for putting UAB in over California or Toledo. Newton explained that UAB had played their way in with a win over DePaul in the Conference USA tournament. Even some UAB fans felt that Gene Bartow had pulled some strings for his son Murray. UAB's RPI was 61. Gene Bartow had his own controversy going before the game. Paul Feinbaum radio show producer Bob Lockamy had filed a police report against Gene Bartow, claiming that Bartow had grabbed his arm in a confrontation at the Conference USA tournament. Bartow had confronted him over critical comments made by Feinbaum on his show. Lockamy stated that he did not plan to pursue a charge when asked. If performance in the game answers questions as to whether you belong in the tournament, then UAB's answer was, maybe? The Blazers were the 12 seed playing 5 seed Iowa, who was bidding farewell to 13-year coach Tom Davis. Iowa came out shooting lights out. They made 10 threes in the first half by seven different Hawkeye players. Red Williams kept UAB in the game shooting 6 of 7 in the first half. The Iowa lead never got too big, but UAB could never catch them. In the second half, Dwayne Brown scored 7 straight to cut the Iowa lead to 3 points, but Iowa pushed it back to a 9-point lead. Fred Williams and Damon Cobb hit threes to cut it to a one-point game, but Iowa pushed it out again, this time to a 10-point lead with 3.43 to play. Iowa won 77-64. UAB finished the season 20-12, and and it was the peak of the Murray-Bartow era. Finally, this week in 2003, UAB had pulled probably their biggest upset ever in the conference tournament. UAB had advanced in the 2003 Conference USA tournament to the quarterfinals by beating Charlotte in the opening round. Their opponent was the 8th-ranked Marquette, led by Dwayne Wade. Mike Anderson was in his first year, and it was in this tournament that the fastest 40 minutes really kicked in. UAB led by 4 at half, and Marquette took their first lead of the game with 2.20 left to go to make the score 74-73. Eric Bush and Mo Finley took over in the final minutes. They forced a turnover with 50.6 seconds left. Bush then drove the lane and made an acrobatic shot with 29 seconds left to put UAB up 79-76. Mo Finley then stole the ball from Dwayne Wade and was fouled. His two free throws sealed the victory 83-76 for the Blazers. This Marquette team, which a few weeks later would go on to the Final Four, had 30 turnovers and UAB had 20 steals, both Conference USA Tournament records. Dwayne Wade would have a triple-double, but not the good kind. He had 29 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 turnovers. Mo Finley had 23 points and Eric Bush had 17. They combined to go 14 of 14 from the free throw line. And that's it from last week's This Week in Blazer History. So on to this week, which was March 15th through the 21st. And this week's report could have been renamed from This Week in Blazer History to the greatest games ever played in Blazer History. This week in March is when the NCAA tournament is starting, and it was during this week that UAB played and won games that got the attention of the nation, and one particular game, the state of Alabama. UAB first made its mark on the Basketball Nation in a second-round NCAA tournament game played on March 15, 1981, when UAB had won its first-ever NCAA tournament game over Western Kentucky. Few people in the country gave the Blazers much of a chance in their next game against Kentucky, who was 22-5 and and led by the Twin Towers 6'10", Sam Bowie, and 6'11", Melvin Turpin. However, the Blazer players knew that they could beat the Wildcats because they had played Kentucky earlier in the season in Kentucky's Invitational Tournament. The Blazers had lost by 8 points on Kentucky's home court before 24,000 Wildcat fans. Getting a second shot at them in Tuscaloosa seemed easier. Dean Bartow made a big gamble and it paid off. 
he decided to let Kentucky have the outside shot, knowing that Kentucky was not good shooting from the outside. The key was to key on Sam Bowie. Bowie came into the game averaging 15 points and 12 rebounds. In this game, with two, sometimes three defenders, he had eight points and four rebounds and fouled out of the game. Kentucky led by as much as seven points in the first half, but hit a cold spell and only scored two points in a stretch to end the opening half. UAB went ahead 35-33 with 17-11 to go on a jumper by Donnie Spear. Kentucky never led again. The hero of the game was Glenn Marcus. When Kentucky was fouling trying to get back into the game, Marcus was 12-15 from the free throw line, including 11 in a row down the stretch. UAB won 69-62. The Blazers became the first team from Alabama to win two NCAA tournament games in one year. The sweet part was that they did it in Tuscaloosa. The Blazers had upset the great Kentucky Wildcats, the number eight team in the country, and one of the storied programs in college basketball. The three-year-old Blazer program was suddenly on the national radar. More importantly, they were on Birmingham's radar. As early as the bus trip home from Tuscaloosa to Birmingham, they saw congratulations signs hanging off highway overpasses. Blazer basketball had taken Birmingham by storm. After the defeat of Kentucky, the Blazers moved on to the Sweet 16 and played Indiana, coached by legendary coach Bobby Knight. The game was given an added degree of difficulty in that the game was being played on Indiana's home court. Indiana was led by great player Isaiah Thomas. The game did not start well because UAB got in foul trouble very quickly. Big man Donnie Spear had two fouls before two minutes had gone by in the game. Craig Lane had two fouls before the 16-minute mark of the first half. UAB would have three players, Glenn Marcus, Llewellyn Foster, and Norman Ancrum, foul out of the game. Oliver Robinson scored the first nine points of the game, and UAB had a six-point lead with 9.24 left to go in the half. But the Hoosiers went on a 19-6 run and took the lead for good with 6.09 left to go in the half. UAB got it to within seven points with 2.31 left to go in the game, but Isaiah Thomas hit eight straight free throws and had 12 of the last 14 points for the Hoosiers en route to an 87-72 win. Thomas had 27 points for the Hoosiers. Oliver Robinson led the Blazers with 17 points. One of the bright spots for UAB was the continued inspired play by Glenn Marcus, UAB's only starting senior. He had gotten three first-half fouls going against Thomas, but he made several great moves on Isaiah Thomas and faked him to the floor on a couple of plays. When Glenn Marcus fouled out, Bobby Knight, in one of the few classy moves he made as a coach, came over to Marcus and told him he's a great player and UAB was a great team. A year later in the 1982 NCAA tournament, the basketball world was once again turned towards the state of Alabama as Gene Bartow and his UAB Blazers played the role of giant killer. UAB had earned a spot in the Sweet 16 one week earlier by defeating national champion Indiana. The regional finals of the NCAA tournament were being held in Birmingham, and the four teams present were Louisville, Minnesota, the Cinderella UAB, and the heavy favorite, number three-ranked Virginia, led by Player of the Year 7-1 Ralph Sampson. The Blazers would play the one-seed Virginia, who had a 30-3 record. The game was close throughout, as the Blazers' strategy was to try and double and triple-team Sampson to deny him the ball. Virginia led 37-33 at half, but UAB battled back and built their own lead to 57-52 with 6.54 left to go in the game when Oliver Robinson got two free throws as a result of Virginia coach Terry Holland getting a technical foul while protesting a call with the referee. The Blazer combo of Donnie Spear, Norman Ancrum, and Chris Giles were very effective in shutting down Ralph Sampson. Sampson went over 11 minutes in the second half without scoring. He was quoted afterwards as saying, quote, I had trouble getting the ball. I got a lot of elbows in my back, and I also got a shot in my side. It was a normal game. 
The Blazers' final field goal occurred with 7-18 to go in the game. However, they would hit 14 of 18 free throws down the stretch to secure the win. UAB won 68-66 in what many considered to be their greatest victory ever. They had just defeated the number one seed, they had defeated the third ranked team in the country, and they had defeated probably the best player in the country. They had defeated a team that had 30 wins against only three losses. And best of all, they were one win away from the Final Four in only their fourth year of existence. Two days later, the Blazers faced off against Louisville in the Elite Eight, which is the farthest UAB has ever gone in the NCAA tournament. The Blazers took on the 20th ranked Louisville Cardinals, who were the three seed. The winner would go to New Orleans as the member of the Final Four. Gene Bartow had the opportunity to be the only coach at the time to ever take three different schools to the Final Four. Louisville coach Denny Crum had been hospitalized the week before with kidney stone problems, and during the Minnesota game, he had his doctor on the bench in case there was a problem. The BJCC was filled to capacity with 16,754 fans as the listed attendance. The key to this game was bench play. Louisville had it, and the Blazers didn't. The Louisville bench outscored the UAB bench 31-6. The Cardinal bench hit 11 of 13 shots from the field, while the Blazers hit 2 of 7. Louisville went ahead 62-60 with 3.02 left on two free throws made by Charles Jones, who led all Louisville scores with 19 points off the bench. With 1.15 left, he pulled down a rebound and was fouled again. He hit two more free throws and made the score 72-64, effectively putting the game away. The final score was 75-68 Louisville, but it was hard for any Blazer fan to be upset when you see how far the team had come in four short years. The Blazers had come within eight points of the final four. Less than five years earlier, a group of visionaries dreamed of bringing big-time basketball to Birmingham. Faster than anyone's timeline would have expected, their dream was realized and the Blazers of UAB were off and running. One of UAB's biggest rivals in its history is the Memphis Tigers. One of the most exciting games ever played against Memphis was the first game between the two teams on March 17th in the 1985 NCAA tournament. Gene Bartow called this game his most heartbreaking loss. UAB was in the second round after defeating Michigan State in the first round. Memphis was 28-3 and ranked number four in the country. It was a fantastic game. The Blazers fell behind 12-4 early, but came back and led at halftime 32-27. There was a questionable call in the first half that had an impact on the game. With 12-20 left to go in the first half, Archie Johnson dunked a follow-up shot, cutting Memphis's lead to 12-10. The force of the dunk caused Johnson to steady himself by grabbing the rim. When he pulled down on the rim, the ball apparently popped out of the top of the basket. Dana Kirk vigorously protested the call. Referee Hank Nichols was quoted as saying, In the judgment of the referees, it was through the basket. If it didn't, it didn't. But we thought it did at the time. After the game, it was ruled that the officials had made a mistake since the ball did not go completely through the net. The basket should not have been allowed, and a technical should have been called for hanging on the rim. The gift basket would be very important at the end. Memphis never led in the second half. With only 25 seconds left to go in the second half, and UAB leading 61-60, the Tigers' Andre Turner, who had played on the same middle school team as Steve Mitchell, took a bad shot, and UAB rebounded and passed the ball down court. The ball was deflected, and Turner stole the ball. He found Memphis center Keith Lee under the basket. Lee was fouled and tied the game with one free throw. Neither team would score again in regulation, and the game went to overtime, tied at 61. The overtime period had four lead changes. UAB got a break 62 seconds into overtime when All-American Keith Lee fouled out. With 43 seconds left to go in overtime, UAB missed four straight shots before Jack Gordon rammed in the rebound. 
The Blazers were up 66-65. Andre Turner brought the ball down and dribbled the clock down to six seconds. He then shot the ball over his junior high teammate, friend, and rival Steve Mitchell. His 15-foot shot with six seconds left gave Memphis State its first lead in over 25 minutes, but UAB had one last shot with five seconds left. James Ponder streaked across midcourt and fired one from 25 feet that missed at the buzzer. Memphis player Vincent Askew got a hand on him as he shot, deflecting the ball. Bartow wanted a foul and chased the referees into the tunnel, protesting the no call. The Blazers had lost a heartbreaker to the team that Gene Bartow wanted to beat more than any other. It hurt even more for the four UAB seniors from Memphis to lose to their hometown school in such an important game. Memphis State moved on from this game to win two more games and it make its way to the Final Four. Finally, any talk about great games in the history of UAB basketball must include the game that took place this week on March 18, 1993. That is when UAB and Alabama faced off in their one and only ever game played against each other. UAB entered the postseason 17-14 and and received an invitation to the NIT tournament. First round opponent, Alabama, on their home court in Tuscaloosa. For one week prior to the game, basketball was king in Alabama as the long-awaited matchup took place. A crowd of 13,496 packed Coleman Coliseum to see this game. The game opened with both teams tight and it was a low-scoring game. UAB led 28-27 at half and took their largest lead at 49-41 when Carter Long hit a three-point shot. Alabama rallied to tie the game at 49 with 6.07 left. UAB took the lead for good with 1.14 to go on a Robert Shannon three-pointer. The score was 55-54. Stanley Jackson, who had 17 points to lead the Blazers, hit two free throws with nine seconds left. He then stole the inbounds pass and was fouled. He hit one more free throw to make the score 58-54. Alabama's James Robinson missed a three-pointer, but Andre Perry got the rebound and put it in at the buzzer to make the final score 58-56 UAB. UAB fans were deliriously happy, having beaten the team who had refused to play them. Some Alabama fans did not react graciously when UAB fans broke out with a UAB beats UAT chant. Fights threatened to break out as fans left the arena. Mothers holding infants cursed UAB fans and some cars that had UAB paraphernalia on them were damaged. The Blazers team would not rest with the victory over Alabama, as the 1992-1993 Blazers would win two more games and make it to Madison Square Garden to play in the NIT Final Four. And that's it for my two weeks of This Week in Blazer History. I hope you enjoyed it. Now I shift to my next topic, which is the Friday giveaway coming up this Friday, March 26th. I will announce it on Friday on my social media platforms. Two people will be winners. And I know I'm giving away two Las Vegas Raiders mini helmets signed by former UAB football tackle Matt McCants, who played for the Raiders when they were in Oakland. I will also be giving away some UAB phone accessories, some Blazer merchandise from Yellowhammer Creative here in Birmingham, a few decals, and maybe a few other items. To find out how to participate, just follow the rules when I announce the giveaway on Friday morning. And that's going to do it for this episode of The Dragon's Den. Be sure to follow me on social media at Dragon's Den E-F-E-L on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Good night, and go Blazers!